All right, Matt. Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens. He's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Matt, I'm doing great. How are you? How was the uh, golf last week? It was great. I shot two phenomenal rounds, and I didn't win a nickel. So <laughs> somebody sandbagging over there. Yeah, you tell me about it when. Yeah, we don't even need to go there. <laughs> That's good. All right. Uh, hey, so I thought we'd talk about um, today. Who's your ideal client, and is it who you think it is? That's a good Who's subject. Your ideal client, and, and is it who you think it is? Right? And so I'm going to start out with one of my examples, and then I know you've got an example for yourself. Even. Um, so let's start off with that. So um, a lot of times what we do when we meet a new client is um, talk about where's your business coming from now? Where's it come from in the past? Right? And so I, I met with a, a service provider last week and that's where we talked about you know where's your business coming from who has sent you referrals in the last year who has stopped sending you referrals um, I met with a uh, financial advisor um, uh, client yesterday same kind of stuff where are your clients coming from what is a lot of times you have a niche inside your business and you don't even realize okay and so that's the first thing you want to do is where's the revenue coming from now and and, and what's really funny is when you actually look at it, it may not be who you thought of. Right? Oh, I, I'm really looking for these kind of people. But then you look at your own book, your business, or the people you're getting, and they're really these kind of people over here. Um, so the idea would be who is your ideal client? Do you know your ideal client? And, and is it who you think it is? Am I marketing it to the right people? So you had a cool example. Let's start with yours. Well, as you and anybody who's watched this knows that I have a background in, in marketing and now a very, I've marketed extremely technical products. Um, so, um, in the, in and around the electrical field, it's not the only thing I've done, but, uh, but, um, that being said, I wanted to help electrical contractors because they're trapped. They're trapped in a world of bidding. And, um, what I found out, with over 2,000 contacts in electrical contracting, what I found out is most electrical contractors don't spend any money on marketing. And um, so, and if you're a contractor and you're watching this, I'm, I'm screaming at you now. If you're not spending money on marketing, you're going to be in the same boat 20 years from now. Because if the one thing about that's true about business, if you do not market your business, you will market your going out of business sale. I mean, there, there is no ifs, ands, buts about it. Um, because when you get to be 65, maybe 70, and then you want to go sell that business and you realize you built the business all around your ability to big jobs, your ability to do your ability to do everything. You have a business that's worth nothing and marketing changes that. And, and the, the marketing is always built around a marketing message. And so I realized that my ideal client, you know, if, do you think, you know, I thought my ideal clients would be electrical contractors because I can really help them. I can help, I know their business inside and out. I really could help them, but I realized, you know, they're not who I think they are and it's not any knock on them. My ideal client is really somebody 
who's willing to spend money on marketing, spend money on themselves to grow their mind, to grow their business, to, to invest into the, into the tools, the things that they need to do to grow their business. So when I was thinking my ideal client, I was actually trying to pick a category of who they were. Right. And I was wrong. I was, I mean, it's okay to be wrong. You right. have to pick um, a, a profile of a person that says, I need people who are willing to spend money on marketing. I need people who, you know, and, and you do too. I mean, no, it's cool. really funny to say this. There's, there's one of these other gurus, a guy named Ramit Sadie, who's a financial guru. So he, so he started a financial blog, was basically penny pincher, you know, how to save money, how to be a penny pincher. And then he wrote a book, you know, I think he's, I'll teach you to be rich is his famous saying. Um, and he tried to do some coaching on, you know, teaching you how to save money. And what he realized was people that want to save money don't want to spend any money, right? So his target market, he thought was, I want people who want to save money because I know little ways to pinch pennies and I'll coach those people. And what Ramit found out was, well, those people don't want to spend any money. That they're penny pinchers to begin with. So he twisted, he pivoted, whatever the right word is, pivoted. So instead of, you know, how to save you a thousand dollars a month, literally just changed it, how to make an extra thousand dollars a month. And literally exponential. So you talk about that was a combo of both messaging, which you just talked about. It's easier for me to market making a thousand dollars versus saving a thousand dollars. This is what he said. So making a thousand dollars is much more appealing or exciting, and that's a better message for clarity. And then his ideal mark, uh, target would be who wants to learn to make a thousand dollars on the side, not who wants to save a thousand bucks. Because the guy that saved a thousand bucks will pay me. The guy that wants to make an extra thousand bucks is excited and willing to learn and willing to pay me to learn how to do that skill. And so he built this whole business based on, instead of started out, save a thousand bucks, then it was make a thousand bucks, then it was how to negotiate a raise, how to get your ideal job, how to start your own side gig, how to start your own business, right? Boom, 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 boom. But he went down the road of, hey, I thought my ideal market was people who want to save money. They got to be check writers. Dan Sullivan talks about check writers. Uh, another one of my gurus, Sam Ovens, talks about the ability to pay. They have a problem and the ability or willingness to pay for it. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny you bring that up. So I'm going to bring up probably one of the, um, a very wealthy financial guru, okay? Uh, Dave Ramsey, okay? Everybody's heard of Dave Ramsey. But Dave Ramsey was all about getting out of debt and think about this for a minute. So who's he trying to sell to? He's trying to sell to broke people. And when you're trying to sell to broke people, you have to have a different message. Now, Dave Ramsey has some of the best copywriters in the business, but Dave Ramsey created a program called Financial Peace. Yeah. Financial yeah. Peace is very different from you're broke. You're, and, and so, yeah, it costs money, but that's the whole, that's the whole, premise is he's dealing with broke people if you're it's very tough to build a business around broke people um there's not a lot of people in the credit repair space that are super wealthy why because you're dealing with broke people right i mean right. you can if i i know people in the real estate business who, who i have a we we have a, a, a credit repair side of our real estate business as well but it's it's got to be an add-on <laughs> like a side game like you said right, right? It can't, it yeah. can't be the core thing because you're selling to broke people. You don't want to sell to broke people. No, well, that's a great thing because 
Uh, I've got another guru that mentions financial peace is such a great wording because it's so, it talks about your messaging, right? Dave Ramsey goes, instead of, you know, get yourself out of debt, he now changed the messaging to financial peace. And that's covers a bigger gamut, right? It covers, yeah, uh, I'm in debt. I, I want financial peace. Well, it takes, uh, it, it, I want to save for retirement. I want financial peace. It's, right? it's taking that Dan Sullivan approach. When you say financial peace to somebody, Dave is taking it out there to three years out, four years out. A lot of people come into his program and it's four or five years, but he's saying, okay, what is your life going to look like five years from now when all of this debt is gone and, and you've, and you now you, you call in the show and they got all these, I, I don't, I haven't listened to the show in years, but you know, people call in when they get debt free and they, they blow yeah. all these horns. So, but it's, Again, the the packaging, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell something, the packaging has to be has to look nice. And uh, Apple probably, they're have do you have you ever bought an Apple product? Oh yeah, I've got yeah. Got Apple. You ever notice how nice the box is? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, I got one sitting right here. <laughs> that's that's packaging. I mean, you talk about like it's got that cardboard. Um, there's some books like Jeff Walker had a book that came out uh, launch and it has like this oil rub type cover on. It's kind of cool. Uh, Ray Edwards used the same uh, uh, cover on his book. I mean, it's a cool, so the packaging a lot of times is what sells you and you can change a headline. I'll use a headline for example. Um, and the, the, the guru, the biggest guru in the world is Tony Robbins. will tell you he's had, you know, 20 page document that they wrote a sales page and they change the headline and they goes up like 50% response and a 50% right. increase for him is millions. So, um, so, but we're getting off a little from, you know, who is your ideal client? And, and that's, yeah, that's going to be people. So exactly. So if you summarize that, you'd say, look, we want people that have a problem, a problem that I can solve. Right but we also want them to be able to willing to pay for it, right? And that goes into, if you can articulate their problem better than they can, or the solution or outcome they want better than they can, you're speaking the language, you're, you're reaching your ideal client, um, and it might not be who you think it is, right? It might not be who you think it is. Um, we were talking about, um, well, uh, willing to pay for it. I, I think we have to add able to pay for it. <laughs> a lot of people are willing to pay for something, but they're not able. Uh, no, you're exactly right. And so uh, that's why we always talk about. You might have a niche in your existing book of business that, that you haven't recognized. So it goes back to, we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about knowing your numbers, right? You should know what your numbers are. Where did your revenue come from the last 12 months? And, and, and every thing I've ever found is, you have these little pockets of business in your business you didn't even realize. Gosh, it turns out, I, whether it be a geographic, gosh, there are a lot of people from this neighborhood that buy from me. Or whether it be demographic, hey, a lot of people in this age group buy from me. Or whether it be psychographic, it could be divorced women tend to buy from me. Or people in transition seem to work with me. Right? That there is this inherent niche inside your existing book of business that you may not even be aware of because you don't know your own numbers. You might just think, oh, I deal great with uh, business owners, when in fact, you deal really great with just with executives, right? 
uh, might be vice versa. Oh, I really want to go after the executives at Coca-Cola and Home Depot and yada, 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 where really you're great with business owners. That's a better niche, right? Uh, I, I do great with, uh, who's I talking to? I was talking to an HVAC guy, and uh, he was thinking he wanted the high-end, you know, million-dollar-plus houses. And he starts looking at his business. That's not his bread and butter. Right? His bread and butter is that middle price house, um, new construction, and you know, whatever, 15-year-old house needing upgrades. Right? That's his target market. So then we started targeting neighborhoods that were in that age group. Right? Then we could actually say, hey, let's target neighborhoods that are 15, 20 years old. And, and there's your drip campaign. You know, we talked about messaging. messaging and drip campaign. Remember we talked last time about oh, yeah. uh, I can hot spots in your house right that was kind of related to that. it's all coming together in that one where it was his ideal market was certain age houses and there are neighborhoods in atlanta he's in atlanta neighbors all over right that are certain ages and we just target those ages and then you deliver the proper messaging because these are our ideal clients why are they upgrading their air conditioning not just because it's 15 years old but because they get hot spots in the house because the units aren't able to cool the whole house or there are certain zones that are too hot. So we, we combine the messaging. Um, so that actually wraps, that's actually a great example of how it wraps all together, right? Of who's my target? He thought it was this million dollar houses because they're bigger units and yada, yada, yada. They buy three units, four units at a time. And it's like, no, dude, your bread and butter is these 15, 20 year old houses that need upgrades because they got these hot spots and, and they have an immediate need and and you got, a, you got a referral there as well, possibility where you can get some backside revenue because if they got hot spots, well, hey, by the way, um, I just bought this 30-year air conditioner. Why don't I, I mean, you call my buddy Steve and get some spray insulation up in your attic and yep. you'll have 30-year, but you'll have a much lower electric bill overall because you got, you know, we eliminate those hot spots. So it's blowing cold air, but you still got an attic that's too hot. So let's get some insulation up there. And, and if they're upgrading the AC unit, they might be upgrading other parts of the house. And then there's referral opportunities for you to referral the, the kitchen upgrade person, the the, the, the the contractor who does basements, right? Yeah. So so it's a great landscaping. You're going to redo your landscape. So you, you actually make a great point. That is a rich environment, not just for you, but for you to have your referral network to, to grow the business from. So, knowing your target right that was kind of a neat little story what else you got the um oh, so um what were we talking about i was talking to um oh so it kind of relates to knowing your target market let's do on the opposite side who's the better employee remember we talked about the shortage of employees right now and, that's a big that's a big problem with a lot of people is that that's a big problem with a lot of people and so this this is related i promise it's related and we talked about how you know the hvac guys and the electrical contractors might start their own training academy or vice versa sure. we were talking i was talking to a client this morning who's a property manager so they manage you know condo associations and office buildings and that type of stuff and you get uh, a property manager on his team that manages each property right and so he had to let somebody go, yada, yada, yada. I've got to replace them, having trouble replacing them, finding somebody in property management. We went through the, uh, we used one of our tools, you know, what's working, what isn't working, and brainstorm. And so, you know, what was working with the property manager, you let go. Surely that person did something right. Plus, you know, you've got some good property managers. What's working? What are they, what's a good property manager look like? And again, use that for anything. What's a good front desk person look like? What's a great dental hygienist look like, right? And then what wasn't working, what did that person do 
not so great that caused them to part ways, right? What is it working with that dental hygienist? What is it working with that receptionist? What is it working with that uh, financial analyst you have, right? And then from that, we were able to come up with a better description, whether it be a job description, but really we ended up being a person. You, you've talked about this in the past. We mentioned it, that you, know, you hire an attitude and you can train the technician, right? So if you, we came down to this, one of the two essential skills that he needs is a property manager needs communication skills and they need organizational skills. And we got even more details that says, okay, the organizational skills might really just be follow a checklist because they have certain ways they already do things, right? He, he's got a checklist, his other property managers have checklists. So if you can follow the checklist, you're pretty good. And then uh, we were even talking some client communication. There are different people you have in a, in a property management, let's just call it a condo association. You got the board that make, makes those decisions. So as a property manager, you're dealing with the board. But any resident can be a board member in the future. So anytime you interact with the board member, I mean, with a, just a resident, you want to be polite because they one day might be on the board and they might get you fired if they didn't like you. That happens. Right. And then you deal with the contractors that are doing the work in there. So you want the contractors to say nice things. About My point being is we really came up with, you really want a good people person, a hostess at a restaurant. What's a hostess at a restaurant? How do you handle when something goes wrong, when we had a reservation gets messed up, when, when whatever, it, that's a people, a hostess is a great people person, right? A, a homeroom mom, you know, stay at, you know, the guy, the, the mom who's the, whatever, the, the, the room mom, the team mom, those are great people person. So I was trying to get him to think outside, what do we really care about? The only two things we care about is good at communications, right? They're pretty much nice to everybody. A Walmart greeter, I mean, right? A nice, think how nice, this leads back into what we were talking about. I went to auto mechanic, auto repair for my daughter's car, right? And we talked about this with your guy a couple weeks ago. Um, so this is an offsite. And the guys are two guys and a girl. I have no confidence. They really didn't meet and greet me. The place is kind of dirty. They weren't particularly polite. You know, I got a really, you know, bad taste in my feeling. Can I trust them to do the repair on my daughter's car, right? Versus if they were all sharp and thank you, good, thank you, Mr. Hudges, what can we do for you? Oh, yes, we handled that problem before. You know, if they had a better presence, right, I'd have much more confidence in their ability to do the work of the auto repair on my daughter's car, right? So, so the idea is, Full circle on this was uh, who's your ideal client? I'm even talking about your ideal um, employee may not be who you think it was, right? Yeah. We really want somebody with good communication. It could be a hostess, it could be a front desk receptionist person who could follow a checklist. That might be a great property. And sometimes right. when you're talking about an ideal client, it's sometimes really good to know who it's not. And I'm yeah. you're talking about uh, real estate, so um, my. My wife, I've invested in real estate many years and we used to have rental properties. And one of the things that I knew about rental properties is I'd always walk the tenant after they did a walkthrough, I'd always walk them to their car. And if their car looked, you know, had all McDonald's boxes and all this crap, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd never rent them. You're judging them already. <laughs> You're judging them already. Well, why would I not rent to them? Because if that's how their car looks, how's my house going to look here in about six months? Wow. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but that's really, you got to know what you, now that's, there's, there's no law against discriminating against somebody who's a slob. Who's uh, 
but uh, so, and, and that was a policy of mine. You know, we would pick someone else because if I go to somebody's car and it's like spotless, you know, you just, it's just been armor all that's clean. The windows are clean. Doesn't have love bugs all over it. And uh, I'm one to talk. I, my car is love bugs all over it right now. But um, just because I just ran to Georgia and back this morning. But um, that being said, it's good to know who you don't want as a client. And, and those are, you know, as much as you need to know who is your ideal client, and I think you have to be abstract. Like you said, they have a problem, they're willing to pay for it, they're able to pay for it, and you can articulate their pain better than they can, then you understand them. And they're going to think, you know, just when you can articulate somebody's pain better than they can, they think you know the solution. It's good if you do, but they're going right. to think that you do. Right. Uh, and that, I mean, it's important. If you do, that's even better. Um, but if if you have their pain button down, you can attract just about anybody by knowing their pain. Um, if and you can attract anybody, but you've got to know who you want once you figure out their pain. And different people have different pain levels. Like well, you and I were talking about um, financial advisors, and you said, as a whole, they don't spend much money. Right. On themselves. Yeah. On themselves. Um, and which is kind of funny because they're, they're, they're of the mindset that, that they will always want to invest, grow and invest, grow and invest. And they never spend any money on themselves. Well, you got to smell right. the roses. So, but that's not the ideal client for a lot of people because they don't spend any money. Right. And that's a great person. So you can even deal down to your, let, let's follow that because we've talked about this with, with some others. I think we have on this one, which was, you know, there are certain lawyers that are, that get it. I call it get it. The lawyers that get it, that know, I get this a business. I just happen to be a lawyer. I need to market and I need to grow the practice, right? There are other lawyers that just want to practice the law and they have, they struggle, right? There are CPAs that get it. There are CPAs that are very articulate and very uh, taking the complex and simplified. And there are CPAs that just do the taxes, right? They can't articulate it well, right? And so, uh, same thing with financial advisors. There are financial advisors that, that are uh, willing to spend money to, to, to market themselves and learn how to grow their practice and how to improve their practice. And there are certain financial advisors, maybe the majority, that won't. Maybe the majority of lawyers won't. Maybe the majority of CPAs won't. So it could be that your niche is inside the niche, right? You just want the CPA that get it. You just want the lawyers that get it. But you gotta know, yeah, even though every CPA might be a potential coaching client, or whatever your client, I'm just using coaching, might be my potential coaching client, not all of them are gonna be it because they don't all get it. Yeah. It's gonna be the 5% of CPAs that get it, right? Uh, lawyers, even though I can help a bunch of different law practices, they're not all my potential clients, just the ones that get it, right? There's, a, there's an old adage in sales that, um, if you're going to buy a list, a list, you know, in sales, yep. you're going to buy a list, make sure the list that you buy, that everybody on that list is a buyer. There you go. Because if there's one thing for sure, buyers buy. <laughs> they, right, right. People who spend money, spend money. So a lot of, tar I mean, a lot of people buy lists. They, they want to know who's bought an online course, uh, Amazon sells list, you know, who's bought um, an online course through Amazon. Who's bought audiobooks? Who's people are buying our information? I listen to, 
I don't know how many audiobooks, probably four or five audiobooks a month. And, um, and then I read books. Well, I get on a lot of lists because of that, because I guarantee you Audible, which is owned by Amazon, is, is selling that list because <laughs> people on that list are people who are trying to grow mentally. Not always. It's right. the type of book. I'm sure there's genres that, that are, hey, I want people to buy in this genre. Because if they're buying in that genre, they're probably growing. And if they're growing, they're spending money on themselves, on their mind, you know, on their university. It's funny you're talking about this. This just reminds me of the story, and we never talked about it before, is like, I think it's Jimmy Buffett. And like, so he knows his ideal clients. So, so Buffett is a musician, right? But he's actually also writes like little murder mystery novels, right? But not to be confused with Warren Buffett. Right. Different guys. <laughs> We're talking about the paradigm. But he knows that he can write, if he writes his little murder mystery books, that all his fans will buy it and will make it a, whatever, New York bestseller just because of his existing tribe that will buy it. He knows his ideal, his ideal client is, hey, look, they like my music. I know X percentage of them will read my books. I write a book, X percentage of them will, will buy it. That puts me on the New York Times bestseller. Boom. But he knows his ideal client. His ideal client is a guy that, he, he's What's building in, in Northeast Florida. He, he's there. I, I don't know if it's his, but I know it's Margaritaville. They're building yeah. this whole subdivision here called Margaritaville. Oh, really? Yeah, they're building one here in Jacksonville and one in Orlando. And it's called Margaritaville, which means his name is on it. He owns that yeah. trailer. That yeah. means, you know, because Parrot Heads, he knows, are now becoming, you know, a little older. Yeah. Right. They, yeah, a lot of them have money, and so he's, he's trying to appeal to that side of the market. I mean, there's a great marketer. I mean, that's a perfect example. If yeah. you're going to be in music, don't just be a musician. Be a great marketer. You know, um, uh, who's uh, Kim Kardashian's husband? Uh, I, can't, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, but he's uh, – somebody's going to watch this and say, oh, forget it. Dave doesn't know who that is. But he's a great marketer. He's, he, I mean, he's a phenomenal marketer. He's a musician, but he's – um, great marketer. And that's the so point. This leads exactly into our, uh, what is it, number three, more transactions from existing clients, right? Five ways to grow a business, more leads, more conversions, more transactions from existing clients. So in this example, you've got the parent heads, what else can I sell them? Well, yeah. sell them books. They like my books. We're going to sell them retirement communities. We're going to sell them, uh, I think, they, doesn't he have like a burger joint as well? Sure. You think you think Avengers will make any money on the little action figures and all the other things? I mean, you see I mean, what I'm saying? Yeah. Sell to the existing clientele. Yeah, that that is increased number of transaction with existing clients. Yeah. Which also was what you mentioned before. If we were talking about the HVAC guy who's going after the 15, 20 year old neighborhood, what else do those guys do? They bought their upgrading their HVAC unit. Maybe I can refer them to upgrading their kitchen, upgrading their landscape, upgrading their insulation especially if you're getting something on the backside. So you, you're, you're, let's say you're an HVAC contractor. And if you're HVAC or, or electrical and you're listening to this, this is, this is good stuff. So you're an HVAC contractor. You got a buddy who does spray insulation and you know him because you've done new construction. You know, the guys, I mean, so you, you build a, build a consortium, you know? And, um, and so you say, look, if I refer this, um, you give me 10%. And if you refer somebody to you, I'll give you 10%. I, I don't know what the percentages are. I don't, I don't know. Your no, that's a good number. 10 to 15 is right. That's yeah. right. So let's say it's 10%, but um, I'm going to give them a hundred dollar off coupon and that's going to make sure they call you. So I'm going to put this air conditioner in here. My friend, Bob, you call Bob, he'll give you a hundred dollars off because it's on the back of my card. And, and boom, then Bob gives them a hundred dollars off and 
Bob doesn't, Bob isn't going to go out there and bid against anybody because you're, you're lending your trust. They trust yeah. you because you just did a good job for me. So now you lend Bob your trust and Bob gets a job. You get 10%, you get a little something. So many people forget why they got in business. You got in business to make money. Right. Um, I know the, the right thing is to say to serve the public and all that. Uh, but, you know, the, the reality is if you're not making money, then even nonprofits have to raise money, right? So you right, right. Exactly. It's all about the money. I mean, really, when it all boils down, it's not all about the money. I mean, if you don't like what you're doing, change. If you, but, well, I mean, I always say money is just a reflection of value. The more people I help, the more money I make. You should, right? yeah. So, so if I'm making a lot of money, that just means I'm helping a lot of people. You know, so the easiest conversion for me is thinking, hey, look, the, the, the more successful I am means the more people I help means the more people pay me. It's just a reflection of the value I add back to the community. Right? So that's yeah. a great question. All right, so we need to wrap this up. I think we're just about at 30 minutes, trying to keep it around that level. So we were talking about, uh, do you know your ideal can't be who you you broke up, man. Hang on a minute. You're... Oh. No, go ahead. go ahead. All right, back. Yeah, so summarize it. Do you know your ideal client? And it may not be who you think it is. So both, I would tell people to go back and look at their business over the last 12 months. Where is it from? You probably have a niche or two inside of there that you didn't know about. Um, number two would also be, as we talked about, you got to have somebody that, that has a problem that you can solve, that's willing to pay for the problem. Uh, and that you can articulate, the fact that you talked about messaging, you can message it better. If, if I can articulate your problem better than you can, you automatically think that I have the solution and you're willing to do business. Yeah. Right? So. Perfect. What else you got? Matt, um, I think, I mean, we did cover a lot. You know, I mean, yeah. so I think you got to have clients who are willing to pay for it. If your niche is like all in one area and you're, you're let's just say, you're you're not successful in that area don't just drop everything and move but you probably need to like find a, a tribe that has a little more money uh, yeah, like you said the, the Ramit Sadi save a thousand bucks or make a thousand bucks Pick how much he built his whole empire on making a thousand bucks when he thought he was going to do it on saving a thousand bucks yeah I mean Clark Howard is a good example I mean he Clark Howard. I mean, he's the penny pincher, but I don't, I don't see him out. I mean, he sells books, which do sell, but I, I've never seen him. I don't know if he coaches or does anything like that, but I mean, to be a hard clientele to attract penny pinchers. No, but he's got a whole empire, right? He's, he's on TV and radio. Of course he does. He's, he's got, got his own side, he's program. It's yeah. like Dave Ramsey, radio and programs, you know, he's all the same thing. Dave Ramsey, uh, also a big real estate investor. So I did not know that. Okay. Big time real estate investor. Multifamily. Where can we find you, my friend? You find me at davidmulvaney.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile is uh, David Mulvaney. So. All right, perfect. I am 10xprofitblueprint.com, 10xprofitblueprint.com, and Matt Hudgens on LinkedIn. All right, All right man. Buddy. Good show. Talk soon.